everybody here can easily understand. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Welcome to the Uncommon Communicator Podcast. Your hosts, James Gable and Brandon Thompson, are here to bring enlightenment to the topic of communication. When we got the call, my colleague, Charlie Budin, and I raced to the scene, bailed out of our black crown, Victoria, and made our way to the command post. The whole cavalry showed up for this one. NYPD, FBI, SWAT, all the muscle and savvy of law enforcement up against the knee-jerk desperation of a couple of bank robbers seemingly in over their heads. New York police, behind a wall of blue and white trucks and patrol cars, had set up across the street inside another bank. SWAT team members peering through rifle scopes from the roofs of nearby brownstone buildings had their weapons trained on the bank's front and rear doors. Boom. All right, so this is the story that he opens up with. We got a straight-up bank robbery. This is Chapter 2. Chris Voss is letting us have it in his book, Never Split the Difference. They were breaking down chapter by chapter so we can understand communication better, how to effectively communicate, how to reach enlightenment, and have all the good jazz that we're looking for in this Uncommon Communicators podcast. So just to give you a quick little summary of the events, on September 30th, 1993... Don't ask where I was September 30th, 1993. Hey, how old were you in 93? Oh, uh, so uh, September 30th, um, looking at a, like we're negative one and a half. Okay. All right. uh, something like that. So there you go. Uh, September 30th, 1993, two masked robbers trigger an alarm at the Chase Manhattan Bank in Brooklyn. Chris Watts and Bobby Goodwin attempted robbery of a bank and ended up in a hostage negotiation. Right? So this is... Straight out of a movie, we've all like this is quality stuff that we've all seen before that we just enjoy. This is the stuff that we eat popcorn with. With the seventh largest standing army in the world, the NYPD waiting outside, it becomes a standoff of monumental proportions. Now, let me just read this little bit from uh, notes that we may or may not have, and or we're just plucking out of our head. With the seventh largest standing army in the world, the NYPD. So, like, there's like the U.S. Army. They're like, well, let's say like, you know, there's like the, the USSR army, the Russian army, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's maybe the Britain army. Yeah. And, 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 and Japan doesn't have an army right now, but you know. Yeah. We, don't, we like, don't let them have armies we, I, I was like, I think that changed just a year ago. But yeah, you know, the, the seventh largest army is the NYPD. Now, I really question why the Avengers need to be, even be a thing. Because they got the seventh largest army trying to keep the peace in here. And now we got Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, yeah. and they can't even keep the peace. Like, what's the point? Yeah, that's because there's six other larger armies. But yeah, so... That's beside the point. There you go. So that's not what we want you to walk away with the Uncommon Communicator podcast. However, just know that the NYPD is the seventh largest standing army in the world. That's insane. Um, ultimately called a success. Nobody got hurt, which in our books is a success, right? Exactly. Like Absolutely. You, in a hostage negotiation. Yep. No one got hurt. The bad guy's in custody, but the situation revealed how much was needed to be learned, but at the same time, they were awakened and inspired by the elemental power of emotion and dialogue. Yeah, and that's the keys that we're going to focus in on today and talking about this book, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I recommend you go out, you get it, you listen to it. But there are three things that we're going to learn from this chapter, and these are things that I use every day, as I mentioned in the, in the previous podcast, mirrors. So we're going to talk about mirrors. 
We're going to talk about the late night FM DJ voice. And also the third thing is it's really not that easy to listen. We're going to talk a little bit about listening. So let's just jump. Sorry, what did you say, James? I missed that last part. I wasn't paying attention. Pay pay attention here. Sorry, was I supposed to be listening? Okay, got it. Sorry, my bad. I'm looking at you now. I'm listening. Okay. I'm here with you. Are you ready to listen? Yeah, I'm ready to listen. All right, let's talk about mirrors. Okay. What's your favorite part about mirrors? There's a magic word in here. Dude, so, yeah, so as, as everybody knows, I'm a bit of a nerd. Uh, I talked about Pokemon in the last little bit. and just, You did. I, it is what it is. We, it was not on the, the <laughs> it, it was not, unknown show notes. Like, on the, on the yeah. show we don't notes. have notes. That wasn't in there for no. sure. Um, but so mirrors, as he talks about, is a real-life Jedi mind trick. Um, so for those of you that are either uneducated in the cultural ways of America, there is a scene in, I guess, number four at this point where Obi-Wan Kenobi is talking to a couple stormtroopers and he's like, these are not the droids you're looking for. And he waves his hand and they're like, nope, move along, move along, right? Like he just tells them something yeah. and they just accept it. They say yes. That, that was they the negotiation. They repeated it back to him they too, did. right? Like that, that was the negotiations. The, the negotiations were short. That's another Star Wars reference that for you, by the way. That is. We're going to have to tie that in later. That was Phantom Menace. Yeah. Anyway. But so it's it's being a mirror. Um, let, let's just break it down. We'll, we'll go like, right. can be awkward at first and it takes practice because yeah. you have to be able to like relate to somebody. And some, you know, again, some people are better in social situations than others are. Uh, both James and I are pretty adept at being able to walk into a room and making things work whether we want to or not. But it's, so on that, it's it's simple. And that's the mind-blowing part of that. Mm-hmm. It's awkward, as you said, because we're not, you know, we're not accustomed to doing it. And it sounds awkward at times to yeah. have done it. And, and I, when I first learned this, Chris Voss came to our company and gave a presentation and we had some role play and I recommend doing that, practicing it, using mm-hmm. it. You get to use it at Starbucks no, all we the do. time. Like, yeah, every day. But it's as simple as repeating the last word or even the last few words that somebody says and then the other key is just wait. And it's, and I've done it to you before already. Oh, yeah. we You've done it a couple different times, right? And it's just where you just, you wait, you like ask a question and then you just get them to continue going on. And, and you just kind of bounce back and forth. It's you, again, you are a mirror reflecting what they want to see. And they, that way they can feel comfortable with you, right? Like you're not – you might be an adversary, but they need to feel that like you're an adversary with like good intentions, right? You need to have – it encourages empathy, bonding, keeps people uh, talking, buys you time, and often reveals your counterpart strategy, right? So I'm sitting here and you're just sitting here and you just – like I said, you're just pulling information, right? Like you're asking like, okay, talk about a Jedi mind trick. Let's talk about the nerdy things you like, Brandon. We're going to bring up Pokemon. We're going to do different things like this. And you just keep asking questions until like you kind of get to the heart of the answer. And the best part, you're not really even asking a question. You're just finishing their sentence back to them. And I think it's really important to know that this that's part of the Jedi mind trick. Mm-hmm. Is I just repeat the last word that you say, and then you spill more information. Was, yeah. Because you think, oh, you, and it just goes back to that the amygdala. It goes back to brain science where well, your brain is saying, oh, he didn't get it. I'm going to go ahead and explain myself. You don't even have to ask it as a question. And the thing that was kind of neat about mirrors is I had learned it in reading people like you mimic how they stand or how they look, facial expressions. For this the record, has, he definitely just brought his hands up in the same fashion that I had on my fingers so to mirror. So but it's go. not that. It's not uh, accents. It's not mirroring any of those things within the voice. It is merely mirroring the words that were said to draw out more information. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, so you get very excited and you, you're thoroughly enthused about your like late night FM DJ voice. Yes. Yes okay. I am, Brandon. So James, why don't you tell us about the late night FM DJ voice? I'm the, assuming you've seen a lot of Frasier, right? I have seen some Frasier. Okay. Because yep. I, I yep. feel like you, you dig in deep to that like How level old were every you time. when Frasier was on? I don't remember I I watched Frasier on Read Netflix. Some diapers, right? I, I got caught up with Netflix on Frasier. But, but I do the late night FM DJ voice is just this. It's a downward inflecting voice that keeps it calm, keeps it slow, just like you're on the FM channel. But I have seen the power of that voice in conversations with people mm-hmm. it really creates an aura of authority and it makes me kind of trustworthy if i elevate my voice and we start talking faster you're going to come back at me with that same one so it goes back to a little bit of mirroring mm-hmm. as well too but in that fm dj voice it just slow it down mm-hmm. sometimes things get tense people get excited and you've got to slow it down. I was at work one time, ooh. and there was ooh yes, I have a <laughs> job. Story. I was like, we work have stories, a man. job. But I'm at I'm at work, and this person was so uh, amped up, frustrated, excited, and I said, "Take a breath." And they're like, "Took a quick breath." I'm like, "No, I want you to take a breath, and I'm not leaving here until you take a great, big, deep breath." And when that person did, took in that big breath. <sighs> mm-hmm. Everything changes. Yeah. Personality reset, the anxiety reset, and really just, and I've done that more than once with people where just that thing of taking a breath, but it's an example of the late night DJ voice. And especially with dealing with clients, contractors, people who are excited, when you take that voice into account, it changes and slows things down. And that's the key. Sometimes these things are going way too fast. Mm-hmm. It's time to slow it down. Well, it's like, and even just taking a breath, like uh, to introduce some concepts from the last one, right? Like if you take yeah. a breath because you you introduce like an excited something like an emotion, right? That animalistic part of your brain that activates. Taking a breath almost like close it, like it just it, it quells that aspect of it, so you can get to that logical part of the brain, which is exactly what you're talking about with the story. It's just the same thing. Anytime Betty tries to calm down the Incredible Hulk, she just sits down. She's like, and she breathes. It's time, you know, sun's getting real low, big guy. Yeah. Are you going to hold hands too? Is that part of it? Whatever it takes, man. We're here to communicate effectively. And if that means holding hands, then we will hold hands. I don't think in hostage negotiating there is holding hands. But there is a certain part about touch as well too that probably comes into the mirroring a little bit. A little Mm -hmm. bit of connection. But absolutely how we speak is going to affect that other person in our tone of voice and how we present it. And that's really been one of the most powerful things next to that magic uh, Jedi mind trick. The, the Jedi, the debut it is? Yeah, right. The yeah. Jedi mind tricks, yeah. The Jedi mind trick. And then as well as that, that FM DJ voice, I use these things whenever I can. Every day I'll try to do a mirror. And I'll yeah. do it at the Starbucks, too. Oh, I'll yeah. walk in. And I like to ask, how's your day? How's it going? Typically, they're getting me with it because mm-hmm. you guys are trained so well in customer service. Hey, but on the other like side, oh, yeah, my day's going fine. I can easily say, fine. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I'm just not great because, you know, Brandon's over there uh, making me do my job correctly. Oh, you God. Know? No, so no, then no. They, they they start, you know, dishing on yeah. their supervisors there. Uh, which, oh, wait. Are there any stories that I need to hear about, James? No, nah, we'll talk about them later. Okay, I was like, that, that can be our uh, our fans-only content, is dishing on Brandon at Starbucks. Fans-only. So mirrors, late-night DJ voice. But the other thing that I really gained from this chapter was about listening. And there's a note that's made in there 
uh, that is a little section that he talks about in the book that talks about listening. And it's not really found in, it's found in the section called Calm the Schizophrenic, right? Mm-hmm. How many people do you know? Actually, you might know somebody. Actually, there, there is a girl that comes into our store. Her name is Alice. And she is a, I believe she has defined herself as a schizophrenic with uh, Tourette's syndrome. And a couple, and it's the same kind of thing, right? Like, how do you approach the situation? Uh, and we were actually sitting down uh, discussing That's this right. podcast. We sure were. Yep. And she was, she was just sitting right next to us, and, and she just got like excited, right? Like she just something happened, and Alice just kind of like went off, right? And she's alone most of the time, so a lot of the time she's just looking for somebody to talk to, somebody to sit down, and somebody to listen to her. So as opposed to where other people don't make eye contact, they kind of just look down. If you just look, we again, we same deal. Both of yeah. us actually did. Yeah. We looked up, we looked up at Alice, and we're like, okay, Alice. What is that? Right? And and it wasn't like, oh, what is this? And we're all excited and da 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 da. Right? Like, we didn't mirror her in that kind of a fashion. We took it and we approached with our like FM DJ voice, right? Late night DJ voice. And we're like, okay, Alice, explain this to us. I don't know what this is. I think it was something about Five Nights at Freddy's. It was and- something crazy. But in that, I was impressed with your ability. And I think that comes from your uh, communication that you do with everybody. But I was impressed that you hit her with a question and it stopped her. You know, if you hadn't have hit her with a question, had a conversation with her, she was going to keep going. And her excitement level was going higher and higher. But not only did you hit her with the calm voice, but you hit her with that question and it stopped her. But what it showed is you were listening to her. And when you listened to her, you calmed, I guess, technically. I, the, I didn't I, I, I was like, it, like, like in this case, we legit calmed, like literally calmed the schizophrenic. But he, Chris Voss uses it as a way to say like calm, like just... Somebody that's kind of just like going off the rails a little bit, right? Yeah. Like they just need to be riled in. We've all had those moments where we go off the rails. Somebody yeah. just take that deep breath, right? Rile us back in and that's all good. So how do you calm the schizophrenic down? And that's, I think, goes back to those two brains that we talked about. Yeah. You know, the animal those, brain, the logical brain. And that's what he's referring to as kind of schizophrenic. We've got to deal with both of those brains, right? Mm-hmm. Even in a listening standpoint. And what the FBI has come to is a conclusion that... and. You need to have more than one person listening. You've seen them on the TV shows. They've got all the people with their headphones on and they're listening in on this person talking during this negotiations. Mm -hmm. And that guy, he's not in there negotiating, you know, a hundred million dollar deal. He's getting to know the guy. He's building rapport. He's asking open-ended questions. He's asking how questions, which we'll talk about, I believe, in some other chapters. But in addition to that, he's talking in his FM you know, DJ nighttime DJ voice to calm this guy down. But what is he doing? He's listening. He's listening to that guy. And they FBI has found that, and this goes back to the cognitive bias, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody hears differently. When we start a negotiation, I go in. How many people do you talk to when you know all they're doing is planning what they're going to say next? Every dude. So, like, it's again, every time you say good morning to somebody at Starbucks, right? You fit in there. How's your day going? It's fine. Where are you going? I'm going to work. What are you doing today? I'm doing the work. <laughs> and that's actually uh, one of my old coworkers. His name is Morgan. He, he, dude, he would come up with some like crazy things. He would just like look up at you. I, I stole hump day from Morgan, right? You hit somebody with a happy hump day on a Wednesday as opposed to a good morning. And dude, some of the reactions you're going to get are great, right? So, just kind of just breaking it up, figuring out who's listening and who's not listening is a lot of fun. And you can try that in your everyday kind of a thing. Um, and you want to talk about biases, right? Yep. So when you're listening, it sounds dumb, but someone's going to do something. Someone's going to react some way. And you're going to, you're going to react with your own cognitive, bi- or cognitive biases in said situation. And one of the things that Chris Voss and uh, hostage negotiators and just you in life in general need to focus on is understanding what your bias is. 
subtract right the bias comes from that animalistic part of your brain so you need yeah. to take that away subtract it all the way down activate the logical part listen to what's being said right like as opposed to just knee-jerk reaction because you have that bias like spitting something back out you need to sometimes you need to take a breath like especially in listening right sometimes you just need to take a breath listen and then do it and go forward and that's something like and that's something we can work on it's the same thing with like hey i need to i understand that they need to slow down take a breath and like eliminate these biases as well yeah, and that's where you would think we would have started with this. But my, or the theory of the uncommon communicator is what? That that person has to accept the fact that they can indeed. Actually, I'm going to read this to you. Have okay. we talked about what the uncommon communicator is? We on have this show? not given an exact definition, right. and we kind of were bouncing this around. Yeah. This is, you know, this is only episode three, or dare we say 2.0, 2. as point, opposed yeah, to zero, it's zero. Only 2 plus zero, zero. The uncommon communicator is the is the individual that has the enlightenment to recognize in any situation whether communication has occurred. Mm-hmm. That's the enlightenment thing. So that's what we want to talk about is getting to the point where you understand that communication is happening. That's the enlightenment portion of it. But the second half of that is the uncommon communicator takes ownership of the conversation. There's so many times when you know communication isn't going on. Uh, you, there's times where I, I'll bail on a on a conversation. Like I I know it's not happening, but I'm done. Right? Mm-hmm. You just don't uh, you just don't have the energy to get through that. So it's just yeah, I'm just gonna walk away. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm finished. You just nothing good is gonna come out of this no, right? with your frame of mind, right? With exactly. your with your bias that you already have. But you also got to possess the skills to navigate. And facilitate the conversation to a mutual understanding. And that catchphrase, that calling card is what we're going to work on through this Mm -hmm. podcast. But I'm bringing that up now because this is important in listening. We're we're going to talk about first the enlightenment portion. Mm -hmm. But then we're going to talk about how how does that person speak? Are they aggressive? Are they assertive? Are they passive aggressive? You know, how does that person communicate? But on the other side is how do they listen? So we're going to talk about how people listen, but this ties right into, you know what, to be the best communicator, you have to make it your sole and only encompassing focus is that other person. You have to focus on them. We get distracted. Get that, get the, get the, um, the movie out of your mind, right? You're here to focus on that one person alone and what they have to say. Right. And again, and the, and this sounds like a really, a, a simplistic thing to do right like it's just like okay look i'm here to tell it is simple right (laughs) again it seems so simple and yet on a regular basis we suck at it it's the hardest thing you'll ever do right so how like how do we do this and again and a lot of it comes from just being aware of the situation right like you can attempt an approach and if it backfires then we got it don't keep pounding on that door go back and try something different right if the fm dj voice like blows up in your face then let's listen right what are they doing how are they saying then listen and then come back with a different approach that the first time i went through the book that's what stuck with me was the fact that this isn't a negotiating book it's a listening book what is there's a re, you know what your mom probably told you the same thing right like you have two ears and one mouth for a reason and my mom's from not from the south oh, okay well so my well, neither actually is my mother but my dad's <laughs> from the south uh but right you know god gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason and uh we can effectively communicate with that mouth but you gotta effectively communicate with the mouth by using your two ears to listen yeah and that's the hardest thing for any human to do is to listen when we've got all that bias that's going on 
in our head. And so that's really what's referred to as true active listening. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is taught in psychology courses and communication classes. I can attest, yes, I went over active listening several times in communication classes. Yeah. And so, and there's tactics that, that they're giving you, but this is true active listening comes down to one thing what it's focusing solely on that person we're going to go into labeling we're going to go into summaries later at some other point so i repeat back to you to get to an answer and remember that was one of the initial ones was it it doesn't start with no or it doesn't start with yes it starts with no No. right Mm -hmm. and we're going to work through that but but the idea is when we're truly listening and then i can summarize to you you disarm your counterpart you're disarming them with, hey, they get it. They're not on a fence anymore because mm-hmm. you finally get it. And you, you're you not agreeing with them. No, You're no. simply understanding where they're coming from, and it makes them feel safe. And when people feel safe, they also feel more comfortable to give information. Right. And, and, and again, so the reason why he starts this uh, chapter with the like hostage negotiation situation is because like again this is a standoff in no way shape or form are the cops ever going to be your friend right they're there to arrest you they're there to make sure that the hostages get out okay and yet this dude on the other end of the phone right the, the hostage negotiator has to stand there and has to talk to you has to calm you down and then has to get you to come out to the the seventh largest army in the world and, and that's after the avengers and that's right? a, it was like yeah that's after the avengers yeah, yeah. Right, and he has to get you to come out to those people and be like, "Yeah, bro, it's gonna be okay. It's like, gonna be e- all right. Like ev- every little thing is gonna be all right." And you got, and he's got to get him to come out there and do that, right? Like, I don't. Again, I couldn't try and do something like that. I'm just trying to take some of the principles that he's talked about and try to, you know, listen, yeah, listen, and apply it. And by listening and by building that connection, which is what communication is, mm-hmm. these people will walk out with guns. Focused on them, little red dots, right? Yeah, which are probably probably pinned to us after we tried to pronounce uh, Benoyan earlier. Or... <laughs> don't even <laughs> don't don't mispronounce the FBI guy's name. Mm-mm. But yeah, those guys they they first thing they do, where's Chris or mm-hmm. where's Joe? Whoever the negotiator is, they have made a connection with one person out of a thousand people with rifles on them because of listening, mm-hmm. because of communication. So that was really I love this chapter. It's not just mirroring, uh, which we talked a little bit about. It's not just the late night FM DJ voice, Mm -hmm. but it was really about listening and listening ties into our uncommon communicator, which brings me to the moment of the UC moment, the uncommon communicator, the uncommon communicator moment. So what's today's enlightenment? Listening and letting others be heard is the beginning of all good communication. That's it. I was like, it's not, again, it sounds so simple, and yet there are times where every single one of us is sucked at it. It's the hardest thing for us to do. Is listen, dude. Yeah. So, I, dude, I feel like there's people like everywhere in the world that just need to read this book and go for it. I would agree. And also, you know, listen to the podcast. Like, Just share this with everybody you can. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, right. Click the like. Is there a like button somewhere? I just, dude, I don't find, just hammer that like button. Share and subscribe. The whole deal. Go to work. Do the thing. We're here for likes. Thumbs ups. Thumbs ups. Heart emojis. All of them. The next chapter in Chris Voss's Never Split the Difference is Don't Feel Their Pain, Label It. This one has maybe uh, my favorite little like side story. Not one of Chris's specific stories, but maybe my like, favorite little side story in there. And this is one that we... Again, it's the same thing, right? Every single one of us sits there and listens to somebody. Every single one of us sits there and like labels something. And again, don't feel their pain, label it, use it, work with it. 
listen to them. And like I said, just you, tune in next time. Otherwise, I'm going to go into it already. All right, let's stop. All right, next time, we'll see you guys. See you, see bye. you bye.